Hello there, I'm Beth Kempton and this is the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. I created this podcast as a place to explore some of life's big questions and the smaller details that lead us towards happier, more fulfilled lives. I love nothing more than a thought-provoking conversation with a fascinating person who's living in accordance with what matters most to them. And I'm delighted to share those conversations with you. As for me, I'm the founder of Do What You Love, which helps people find what lights them up and pursue that in work, business and life. You can find out more at dowhatyouloveforlife.com. I'm also author of two books. Freedom Seeker is a book about making the most of life and flying free, and that's out now. And then Wabi Sabi, Japanese wisdom for a perfectly imperfect life. That's available for pre-order from our friends at Amazon and all good independent bookshops. I wrote both of them for you. And so, are you ready? Let's dive in. Pia Jane Bitchkirk is a stylist, photographer, author and creative mentor. Deep down, she's also a wanderer, a philosopher and a seeker of beauty. And that makes her a soul sister. There's something so enchanting in her creative work that it literally takes my breath away. She has a unique and exquisite way of playing with light and shadow and capturing natural beauty. Her book, My Heart Wanders, is one of my all-time favourites, and the woman behind the book is as gorgeous as all that lies within. Today you're going to meet a new friend, all the way from Australia, and I think you too will be captivated by all she has to share and inspired to pursue your own creative dreams. So pour yourself a cup of tea and pull up a chair. Hi, Pia, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation because every time I talk to you, there's some magical gem that emerges. So um, thank you for being here. I'd like to start by asking you, what do you care most about in the world? Um, I think what I care most about, it's a little bit cliche, but it's very simple, just peace in our humanity, peace in our society, um, and I think for me that starts with peace within ourselves. So a lot of um, the work that I do is about, you know, being able to express our feelings. I just think it's so important in our in our ability to evolve. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, in whatever medium it is, that's definitely my focus. And what's your medium for doing that? I have a few, but definitely – you know, photography is probably my my main um, medium and writing. So visual storytelling, the two combined for me are just, um, yeah, they come through the most. Well, you certainly have found an incredibly beautiful way to do that. And I want to talk about that a bit later on about how important creativity is in our lives. But first, I'd like to talk a bit about travel. Um, I know that I found you through your stunningly beautiful book, My Heart Wanders, and that came from a big kind of epic life change that you made moving from Sydney to Paris um, quite a few years back now. And I'd love for you to share a bit about that story. What was the catalyst to move? And is life in Paris as dreamy as it sounds? um the catalyst was you know like a yearning I think that's the best way to to describe it not just a you know a desire or um it was definitely a yearning it came from it from a deep place and um it came from I traveled a lot as a child or as a as a kind of teenager with my parents we lived in um 
Canada and the States and then in Italy. And then obviously I came back to Sydney to finish my schooling and I just had this, you know, craving or yearning to, to be back in Europe. But I'd, you know, I wanted to go to university and, and do all those things. So I did all that and it just still remained there. Um, and then the opportunity came up to do a trip to, uh, to Paris and to Amsterdam and also to the place that I used to live in Italy. So I did that with a friend and it just highlighted that need for me. So instead of it just being, um, you know, like being satisfied with that trip, I just, it, it did the opposite. It was like, yes, okay, this is, this is instilled in me that I need to be there. Um, and on that very short trip, I met my now life partner, Roman, who um, actually it's our 11-year anniversary. <laughs> so we met on, um, on Halloween, actually, in Paris in a bar, so with mutual friends. And we had just – we were all going to meet at this bar and then go out to dinner. And so we just, you know, rocked up to have a, have a drink and meet these people and, and then all head off. We were surrounded by goblins and ghouls and witches and um, in this bar and, and, and I met him and his smile was just, you know, it, it just, it's just this beautiful, warm, you know, he's got a twinkle in his eye and, and I don't know, it just something just clicked on that, on that very night. So it's funny to be talking about this now because, you know, here we are in a, you know, with our child and in our home in Sydney. But um yeah, so that's, that's beautiful beginning. Yeah, that, and that was on your, your short trip. That wasn't when you decided. That was to on the back. short trip. That's right. So he um he pursued me <laughs> in, the, in the most yeah, in in just the most, you know, gentle, I would say, but persistent way. So I'd I'd gone back to Sydney and and he wanted to um come and visit and I said no. Um and then he said, Well, you know, do you want to come to Paris? And I was like, Yeah, you know. I obviously I did I did but I just had a lot of stuff still happening here and then he said oh why don't we meet halfway and he picked a um he looked at the map and he looked the two halfway points were San Francisco or Asia and in that was Langkawi Island in Malaysia <laughs> so um I said okay pick it and that's that's sort of the beginning of our relationship he um booked a couple of tickets to Langkawi Island which neither of us had ever been to and we spent 10 days there and um, and I kept saying to him, you know, look, this is just a, a fling. <laughs> it's a summer fling. Um, you know, please know that this is, this is not going to go anywhere. And he just looked at me with that dimpled smile and, you know, a very knowing, very knowing look. And then after that, um, I just knew I, I could feel it. I could feel my whole heart just, you know, shift and yeah, I packed up everything I had in Sydney, put it into storage, and um, moved to Paris to to be with him and to, you know, just I suppose see what what it was that I needed to um, experience in Paris. And so, to answer your second question, is Paris as lovely as it is, you know, to live there? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I learned that quite quickly. It's a, for us, for me, it's a beautiful place to visit, but to live there is actually quite challenging. Um, and perhaps, especially as a woman or a foreign woman, I, I feel like, uh, it, it was really difficult. Like oh, a lot right. of things kind of, um, just the 
simple things were difficult, like going to the post office to get to post letters or doing doing things that we we do here that are so easy, you know, um, going to the chemist to get something or or even doing the supermarket shopping. All the simplest things were somehow very very difficult. And um, there's actually a lot of kind of unhappiness in Paris. And I think for me, once I'd because when I'm in a in a space, and it's the same as when I meet someone, I I feel very strongly. I get very clear intuition, I suppose. So for me, living in Paris was a very different experience to visiting, because I really got to feel the the energy in the streets and and the energy of the people. And um, yeah, it's definitely got its darkness, you know. This is so, so um, interesting because I didn't I didn't realize that you'd had that kind of experience as well and I'm I'm sitting here looking at um some of the words from your book My Heart Wanders which mm-hmm. if I can read them out I won't read them anywhere near as beautifully as I'm sure you'd read them but it it's really interesting because it suggests that even in when you're having a really tough time kind of practically with day-to-day living there can be mm. a, a real like beautiful lesson in there so if I can just read this sure. couple of um these few lines because i think they're really beautiful like a paper boat on a windy sea battered and bruised from the toing and froing drenched in drops of tears that fall like rain i've lost sight of the shore all this yes but now that i'm surrounded by all that is unfamiliar i'm more aware more awake than ever before and with wide open eyes i soon find myself in a world of wonder i'd never dared dream about it's in this world that wandering hearts come lost to be found Yes, that is, that is a piece that resonates with me still, <laughs> still today. Um, yes, and I think it's 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 not so much just about the experience of Paris, but our experiences in life of of feeling of going through difficult times. Um, you know, to to let go, to to be to be in it, to be in that space, and for me, that's what Paris was. So even with the even with the difficulties of um, of living in Paris, it felt very much like a place that I needed to just experience it for what it was and feel what I was feeling, and 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 be with it. And that's that was the wonder, you know. It was more it was more internal. So instead of the wonder being external, which is what I was expecting, actually as we all would going to Paris, you know, that's that actual Paris syndrome. Um, so it's a little bit of that. So instead of it being coming from the outside, the wonder was coming from the inside. And I love the way that um, you share in, in the book that you were living in, it, it seems like quite a small apartment, and yet you made it just this most gorgeous place with the way that you styled it with the simplest of things and it became a really important step in your career right absolutely yeah I think that's that's definitely one of the things I I love doing is finding the magic in the simplest almost ordinary of things or experiences so I, I just love the idea of being able to shift people's perception or to to show them something that they just didn't see before but was right in front of their eyes so I do, and I and I do that all the time, you know, in my work. It's definitely something that um, that uh, propels me, I think. And even with going through difficult times, um, yeah, it's finding the magic in it. 
you know it's it's finding that gem it's finding the the key to, to be able to open up how can we do that how can we find more magic if we're in a really stuck place and everything seems just gray and dull and difficult how do you take yourself to a place where you can seek out that magic the hardest thing of it is to be with it because most of us what we do is walk away from it so that we we either numb it we close the door we shut down um we try everything we can to make it go away and because you know we've been taught i suppose that that feeling that way feeling that that depth is um it's not safe so the very first thing i would say to do is to sit with it and um and once you once you can once you can be open in that space of hardship or you know it's very uncomfortable but if you can be with it that's when the magic starts to arise and so for me that a, would be the first and is it a different kind of magic for everyone do you think absolutely well yes no i think the feeling is um i think it would be similar you know the 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 essence of it is definitely the same, but everyone will take something different from it, you know, for what they need in the moment. But um, I think we're all tapping into this, the, the core of that magic. And how about the bigger picture about the way that you navigate life in general? What are your guiding principles? Um, again, allowing ourselves to feel what we feel without judging it. Um, even at the moment, I've been teaching the kindy kids at my daughter's, so she's just started kindy in, um, at school, and uh, they didn't have an art, like a regular art um, class, and I was, as you can imagine, I was quite <laughs> devastated about that. <laughs> so um, they asked me if I'd do some workshops, and I said, yeah, let's, I'd love to. So I've been doing that this year. I just do one workshop um, per term. There's 80 kids, so that's uh, quite quite a number. But I tell you, it's 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 the most wonderful experience wow. working with children. What do you do with them? So the I always focus my um, my workshops in nature. That's the very first thing because I feel like nature is 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 where we get you know, art, that's that's where all creativity starts from. And especially for these kids that come from all sorts of different backgrounds. You know, they're they're um, some are quite poor, some aren't, you know, there's there's just a, a big um, difference between them. But the one thing that they all have is access to nature, especially here in Australia. So I start with that and um, and for me it's also about focusing on the process rather than the outcome. So um, so the first workshop I did with them was a um, making leaf creatures where they were to go out and pick some leaves up and they flattened them and then we very simply created, you know, just with just getting them to dip that paintbrush into the paint and see what can transform onto the page. Um, and, and in the – so I do about 30 minutes of talking – first before they start and you know the, the what I talk about is feeling that art is about 
expressing your feelings and that there is no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. You know, this is this is the start of it. And you can see how for them that's like, because in school it's, especially when the focus is so much on literacy and math, it's all about right, wrong. Must be a revelation <laughs> you know, it, for them. It is. You can see it in their faces like, what? Wow. And it's just this incredible freedom. And for me that's, that's so important in our lives, you know, to to experience that that we that we can feel it's okay to feel angry, you know it's a, it's okay to feel sad at times um, that these feelings do pass, but you also have a means to express them, and it can be in music, it can be in painting. There's just so many different forms to explore. So for me to be able to give them just a, a little taste of that is, you know makes my day yeah but it makes theirs as well that's amazing and you spoke really briefly there about judgment and I know that um I was looking back through some of your amazing newsletters which I one of which are of the very few that I always read um and you wrote about the concept of being enough um Mm. in the world I'd I'd love for you to share your thoughts on that because I think it's really important yeah, that's a big one that I've um, realised this year, like how deep it goes and, and and wondering if it is just, you know, rampant in a, in our in humanity. Is is it the base of of everything, you know, the kind of um, over-consuming and all of it because it's it's all to feed that, that part of us that's saying it's not good enough, you know, that we're not good enough in, in who we are. So that's something I think is, you know, I'm still learning myself and discovering and exploring and um, sitting with a lot because it it does come up and I see it so much, not just, you know, in others, but obviously very much in myself. And yeah, I want to, I want to see if that, if that will dissolve, you know, I think if, if we could dissolve it, um, geez, imagine how free, (laughs) how freeing it would be. It would be incredible. It's, I'm really interested in your thoughts about how you bring that into parenting um, and at what stage you, whether you introduce it or not, or whether that's just how you are with your daughter. But there's so many signals from other places that we are measured all the time um, against Absolutely. each other and against figures and all these things. How, yeah. how do you how do you do that around her? Um, whenever I see her express anything like that, so it could be, you know, she'll, she could say she doesn't like her hair, she was, wish it wasn't curly or um, someone else has, you know, came first or someone has this and she doesn't have it. The one thing that um, I learned, and I, it's, it's been so great actually because you can just say it for so many things, but um, I always say that doesn't make like if, if it's someone else that's come first and I said, that's fine, she came first today, but that doesn't make her better than you. And if you come first, it doesn't make you better than that person. And it's just shifted so much for us because it's that release of, of going, oh, you know, it's a circumstance. Yeah, great. You can celebrate that in a friend. Which but it huge. doesn't make – it is, yeah, yeah that, and you want to, but you don't – you're not better than for it. Um, so that's been a really key thing that I, um, I came up with a couple of years ago and it's, it's been great, especially going through school because it's very quick to, um, 
to, to you know box and and categorize and judge and and I say it to her friends as well like a parent the parents are um they love it they're like yes you know we're going to use that we're going to we're going to say that so it's been great and she's she's created she's got such a lovely circle of um beautiful friends um and yeah I mean I'd love to see that continue but um I think that's the number one thing is just to remember that you know in we can be we can we can be driven in ourselves for our best selves but not at the sake of someone else you know not to be driven to be to to feel that we makes us better than somebody else that's a that's a whole different thing yeah so so i think for me there's a difference between being competitive um and being driven Definitely. you know you can yeah. you can still be ambitious you can still be driven um but it's 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 coming f- from you and it's for you absolutely what yeah. what else has your daughter taught you do you think or having oh my to be her mother <laughs> and think about answers to these kinds of questions oh, taught you she's amazing teaches me something every day um wow you know where do I begin I feel like I'm in just a constant constant learning I'm a constant student here um her her ability to um to be able to yeah I mean there's just so many things I can't pinpoint them but you know like her ability to adapt to new situations the way she um the way she absorbs information and and then utilizes it, you know, like she she one of the things I also have has have said to her because a lot of the other things is about copying other people. So I always say, you know, it's it's wonderful to be inspired by somebody, but then you want to make it your own. You know, like you can you can be inspired by someone and the way they dress, but why don't why don't we now see what you've got in your cupboard and come up with something Mm. and these sorts of things I say and I think they just you know just go past her but the next day or she'll take that in and she just it's amazing how she magnifies it and just and and really has absorbed it and taken it in and you know I'd like to be um able to to do that I think and yeah just even just even how she can shift from you know, we, we, we look at children and we see how quickly they can go from a meltdown, right, Yeah. to being so happy. And, and for us, we're still in the meltdown. Yeah. We're still in the, oh, about six that weeks. happened. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's that, you know, being able to adapt and shift and just be in their emotion. They're not, they're not judging it. You know, they just express it and then they express it again, the next one that comes and, yeah, so that's definitely something I'm learning. I love that. Every love day, that. yeah. Let's talk a bit about creativity because you said something which I completely agree with um, when you're talking about the um, workshop for the children about how it's about the process, not the outcome. Except mm. that your outcome of your creative work is utterly beautiful. And I know, you know, with writing and the, the things I like to do, you you want to do the best job that you can so there comes a point at which the outcome does matter of course the mm-hmm. process is huge um yeah i'd love for you to kind of talk us through how you 
bring a book like i mean you've written four books they're all gorgeous mm-hmm. a, something like that from your imagination into being what's what's your process what order does things so in? for me for me it very much starts with a very clear vision that's also when i know i'm you know that's sort of my calling i suppose if it comes in a very clear um it's it's not like I see let's say take a book for example it's not like I see that book in the exact cover with the exact title but the essence of it comes up very clearly so it starts with that it starts with that knowing and then um and then it will start to form in its in its contents and it will but the one thing and this is what I also tell my um mentoring clients is it 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 comes from practice you need to sit down and you just need to keep doing it. And I'm not someone who would say, you know, if you're going to write a book, you need to get up and you need every morning between seven and nine, you sit at the computer. I'm not at all like that. I'm, you know, I probably should be more like that. <laughs> but I, I'm definitely much more kind of spontaneous with it and going with the flow. And But you need to give it time. You need to you need to make the time to sit and write. And often the, the writing part is probably, I, I don't know for you, but for me, it's definitely the the one thing that I procrastinate on the most. It's it's not the most enjoyable part of the creative experience, you know. <laughs> There's a time Getting when it, it flows and a time when it doesn't, and they are very Correct. different experiences. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so you know, it's it's making the time, and even if you sit there and you haven't written anything, you've still turned up, you've still showed up, and you've made that time, and and that part of you that creative spirit will recognize that and will and it will start to come you know it will start to happen so that's that's probably how it starts for me definitely the clear vision or feeling is what propels me I'd say through the process and through those difficult times because I've felt it so clearly that I keep pursuing it you know that's that's where my drive comes um it it doesn't happen so much if I don't have that end um kind of vision but then throughout the process I kind of let go of that end vision because I know that when I'm in the journey of it it is just going to shift it's going to evolve it's going to become something that's bigger than I can you know imagine I guess that comes from having done it before like being able to trust that that's gonna happen in a good way yeah I I suppose so definitely um yeah, having having a bit of experience with it for sure. And as far as you know, that's the outcome. Um, again, I think it's just constantly showing up, having a look. I wouldn't say, um, and this goes for everything, writing and photography and any other mediums. You know, making sure you don't self-edit during that process too much is a big thing because we can very quickly keep you know, keep going back day after day and we can rewrite that piece (laughs) or we can, you know, look at, edit that photograph till it's just destroyed, you know. Mm -hmm. So the first thing would be just to get the information, get get what's inside you out and then after you have quite a a body of work, then you can start to to Mm. self-edit. And how do you know when it's done? You know, and refine it. How do you know when it's done? (laughs) Is it ever is it ever done? That was one of the first things I think I learned at art school. 
that they said, you know, even when you sign that that painting, you know, you you've committed to say, yep, it's there's part of it that is complete, but it is just never done. Mm. You could go on and never sign that work. Mm. You know, you you could you could edit it, and I'm quite sure a lot of people do. I I can I know there would be so many incredibly talented people out there who have not put their work out to be seen because they're still in self-editing mode, you know, or perfecting. And um, and I think it is important to to do that once in a while because um, it's a gift. Mm. It it is it is such a gift. And it might not feel like it, but it is. There's always more, isn't there? But you have to sometimes you have to kind of put one thing to bed in order for make space for the next thing. You do. And, and you know, um, maybe this is your experience too, but once you put something out there, it shifts in itself. It, it, it moves away from you. It becomes something else because other people are now reading it or viewing it, and it also allows you to, to step away and observe it. So I, I find that really um, beneficial to be able to grow as an artist because uh, it, it means I can actually step away it's no longer mine. It's now part of, you know, the, the art world or, or, the, or the library or and I can actually observe it and then I can improve. I can go, oh, great, okay. And it gives me space to create more work. Um, if I never let it go, I think I just never make new work. I'm nodding vigorously over here. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to ask you a bit about uh, what's going on now. So I was looking at your gorgeous website, the latest version of it, and um, yes. picked up on these sentences, which I loved. I'm currently on a healing journey filled with creativity, and I'm excited to be sharing it here with you in this new interactive online space, which aligns and resonates with the new winged me. I'm keen to explore and find that rapture and delight that I first encountered when I began my blog a decade ago. So tell me what what's triggered this new emergence and what does it look like? Um, it's again, comes all the way back to feelings. I'm a very feeling person, <laughs> but, um, you know, I realized that in much of my career and my life, a lot of things were based, everything was actually based on the way things look on the way things appear. So even working as a stylist is very much about that. And there's a place for that. There's, it's not like I'm against, um, any of it. I just realized that for me, it was, it was such a focus and I, what I was actually interested in was how it feels, how life feels, you know, even walking into a space, how does it feel? How does it make me feel? How does it make my guests feel? Um, so that's where I, I started to, to work from a different space, I think, and, and focus on the, the way things feel rather than the way it looks because, as we know, you can make it look incredible looks fantastic for a magazine or but you could walk into that same space and it feels um very empty and without life and without soul so yeah for me that's that's my focus and what makes the difference so having sorry I have to ask you there that's fascinating it's it makes such a big difference because especially with Having worked as a stylist, I've visited many incredible homes, you know, that have, have been shot for all sorts of magazines around the world. And what struck me in, in a lot of them was that it, I didn't feel the way I thought I would feel. Mm. 
you know, like I didn't, I didn't get that um, sense of like, oh yes, this is this is how I want to to live. There was a difference. There was a there was a very clear difference. So I think that's why I sort of stepped back from the commercial world and um, focused my attention more on individuals because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of kind of aspiring to the way things look, but to me the magic is right there with you. You already have it. So I want to be able to tap into that. I want my clients, I want the people who come into my space or world to tap into their very own magic rather than continually aspire to what's outside of them. So important in this age of Instagram. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly right. Is so much of it. So everything is so curated these days. And um, again, there is a place for it, but um, there's also not a place for it, you know. Mm. And we very quickly judge our lives against what others' lives look like. Um, so that's what I want to focus on. And with um, so one of the new aspects of my work is one-on-one mentoring, which I'm just loving. It's 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 incredibly rewarding. Um, I love being able to give my attention to someone. I love being able to be their support. So being able to um, yeah help them tap into that creative spirit and just like a fire, let it burn you know, and, and see what, what comes from it. Um, I remember really early on, um, in the process of my book, uh, we had a conversation like the kind of ones I think you probably have with your current mentees and you've definitely got a particular gift for helping people find that. And I, I don't know whether oh, thank it comes, you. Well, and it's hard to put your finger on what it is, but something about you come away from it, from it feeling more confident in your own ability and also just inspired to go out and find I think the word magic keeps coming up but to find Mm. that um in in the world and in your in your work I'm interested what kind of conversations are you having in your mentoring what what things come up again and again for people it it is it's very similar um that because I think like there is so much talent like I said there's so much there's so much talent that that people have and and we you know for whatever reason in our in our upbringing or that's uh, somewhere along the line we've been told no it's not okay to to be an artist or um you know to pursue those things like writing a book or starting your own business or any of those things when it's when it's creative based so many of us have kind of been squashed um and I, I mean, I had similar experiences, except for for some reason mine was so strong, I just heard it and then just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> Always, like I chose to go to um, to do a fine arts degree, you know, instead of a communications degree, like I was encouraged to do. Um, and and it just kept going like that. I do tend to go a little bit against the grain, <clears throat> but you know, I I think. It's when I when I come to to the to the mentoring, I always come in a very open space. So there's always a lot of room. I always give that person a lot of room. So it's not me really telling them what to do. It's more like me giving the 
the space to be able to, for them to express that. And I think that's where it comes from. It's so important. I love that you're doing this work. It's really important that you keep making because you're putting beautiful things out in the world. But I think being able to help other people find that in themselves as well is so very important. It's been amazing talking to you. I'd love to ask you one final question, of course, about freedom. What does freedom mean to you? <laughs> freedom. Freedom is, it's life. It's, it's, it's our evolution. It's where we're supposed to, where we're heading. That's what freedom is to me. It is where we are heading. I very much hope so. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Beth. It was so lovely to talk to you. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to me, Beth Kempton, in conversation with Pia Jane Bidgekirk. You can find out more about Pia on her website, piajanebidgekirk.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll take what you've heard and use it to inspire your own journey of freedom seeking. I'd love to know what resonated with you and what bold moves you're making as a result. So please share on social media. I'm at Beth Kempton on Instagram or at Do What You Love XX everywhere else. And be sure to check out my website, bethkempton.com, for more tools and resources to support your adventures. If you haven't yet read my book, the full title is Freedom Seeker, Live More, Worry Less, Do What You Love. And it's published by Hay House. Treat yourself to a copy today. It might just change your life. So until next time, fly free, my friend. Fly free.